The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Wednesday, January 12th. This is your 4x5 episode. Four writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each hitting a wide range of fantasy topics. As always, we will talk the impact of LeBron James playing center, Fred Van Vliet's soaring fantasy value, and how patient should we stay with Bull Bull while we await his Pistons debut. All of that and more coming up over the next 20 or 25 minutes or so as we welcome in Ryan Canales. Ryan, good day, sir. Good day to you, Matt. I know there was someone you wanted to talk about last week that I probably palavered on and on and prevented you from getting to, so wanted to make sure you got to, to talk about him this week. Well, I think it was you who wanted to talk about him and you, whatever that verb was, on and on, and we didn't get to talk about <laughs> it. may have been. What was that word? What was that verb? Did you say palavered? P- palavered. Yeah, it's a good word. I learned it from Moby Dick in wow. high school. It's a good one. <laughs> That's a serious SAT word you just dropped within the first minute of this episode. <laughs> Incredible stuff. We have peaked already on this episode. <laughs> All right. I learned something already today. Uh, but yeah, we were going to talk about Brandon, a, a slumping Brandon Ingram at this time last week, who is actually slumping no more. He's averaged 29 points over his last three games. I want to talk about something else with him, though, which is the lack of defensive stats. Now, for the season, you got to love most of the counting stats, around 23 points per game, six rebounds, five dimes, 1.73s. The percentages are, are good enough. I mean, that should be elite fantasy value right there. But in nine category leagues, he's just inside the top 80 on the season. And a lot of that has to do with the steals and blocks, Ryan. 0.6 steals, 0.3 blocks on the season. How much is that hurting his fantasy value for you when you evaluate Ingram? It hurts him a lot. I mean, as you mentioned, it's 8-cat, 9-cat specific. He's still a top 40 guy in points leagues. If you go by FanDuel scoring, scoring, Mm -hmm. he is, in fact, the number 40 scorer in that format, which is probably right around where you drafted him, maybe a little bit low even. But but the defensive stats kill. He's at career lows for uh, what's what's he at career lows for block rate, career low for steals rate. Uh, he's also down to forty four point seven percent shooting, which isn't terrible, but it's the lowest since he was a rookie. You know, mm. so there's a lot going on here that kind of undercuts his nine cap value. And when you look at defensive stats, like I know Jared sometimes pushes back against the importance or, you know, how much emphasis we put on defensive stats and why a guy like Robert Covington, for instance, would be so high. But you do some back of the envelope math and based on the all the combined stats for the top 150 players as of right now, uh, each block roughly now this isn't meant to be like a one for one but each block roughly accounts for 22.6 points scored one block so if you're a guy averaging to it now now you do the math and you say well miles turner is averaging the equivalent of 66 points just in blocks you know it goes off the rails but it just gives you a sense of how impactful they are and how yeah exactly how rare they are so to to be averaging well under a steal and a, a well under a block per game, yeah, it takes a significant chunk out of his value. 
Well, Jared and I will probably yell at each other about Robert Covington and how we'll valuable he is in a little bit coming up because I know Jared wants to talk. But we don't want to palaver on too long about go. Brandon Ingram, Ryan, <laughs> because we only have a couple minutes left. So we want to talk Fred Van Vliet, uh, who is now a top 10 player on a per-game basis in nine-category leagues. That's thanks to a nine-game stretch where he's averaged almost 30 points per game, near seven dimes, two steals, almost six three-pointers uh, with just 1.4 turnovers. That's, as I said... Yeah, nine-game stretch, just monster stuff. I mean, we had this guy pegged for, you know, second-round fantasy value this year, but have you upgraded that? Do you see him as a bona fide fantasy first-rounder moving forward? I really do. I, I think for the second straight year, I kind of undershot where uh, Van Fleet would finish. Um, you mentioned that ri- ridiculously yeah. hot recent stretch. He has four three-pointers and two steals in nine out of ten of those games. You know, I thought brutal field goal percentage, turnovers, and durability concerns were really the three things that had me shy away from pegging him as a first round guy. But listen, he's up to 44.1% shooting. That's a easily a career high. He's blowing away last season's 38.9%. I mean, not not even close. So right. listen, if you saw that coming, congratulations. And I'm I'm glad you probably drafted him based on that, but I certainly did not. What really gets me now, he's been durable as well. The wildest part is that he's a counting stat magnet, but I looked into this and his usage rate of 24.2% is pretty modest for a guy who has the ball as often as he does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that in- includes turnovers. He's, he's no slouch there, 2.7 per game. So that's bumping up his usage. And yet 24% is below Pascal Siakam for a lead on Toronto. He's one of five Raptors with a usage rate north of 20%. So this is a pretty equal opportunity offense that we're seeing. And yet, you know, by dint of increasing his efficiency, he's managed to keep the scoring up, the elite three-pointers. We know the elite steals are there. Uh, he has the the lowest usage for any top 15 player. And it's not until you get to the bottom wow. of the second round when you start encountering Chris Paul, Rudy Gobert, those types of guys that you get to players with lower usage rates. Uh, so I, my point is, I think there's even upside because his usage could potentially go up from here. So uh, I'm, I'm very impressed and convinced by all I've seen from him. Yeah, I'm a believer. Nice. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I do think the one thing with Van Vliet is maybe he's shooting a little bit over his head lately. Uh, maybe obviously almost yeah. six threes per game <laughs> during this stretch. But he's somehow a guy who manages to not even be that annoying when he's shooting around 40 percent. I, I don't know how that is or why that is. I think it's just because he's so good in you know, a lot of categories, including steals and assists. So uh, I'm on board. I love it. Uh, I wish I had him in more leagues. He'll even he'll even give you some blocks from a yeah. from a point guard. So yeah, lots lots of things to take away the pain of those poor shooting performances. All right, Ryan, our time's up. Thank you as always. I will uh, send you on Thanks, your man. way and uh, look forward to our next conversation. Same here. Goodbye, sir. Raph, Raphael Johnson's here. Raph, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing just fine, thank you. You wanted to talk about a different fantasy first rounder. In fact, fantasy numero uno, yes. uh, a certain LeBron James, I believe. Yeah, let's talk about the king. Um, as you mentioned, he's first overall in fantasy rankings at nine cat. Crazy stuff. And Crazy stuff. Yeah, he's been incredible over the last month. Uh, 32.2 points, 9.2 rebounds, 6.1 assists, 1.6 steals, 1.4 blocks, 3.1 three-pointers per game, shooting 55.2% from the field and 80% from the foul line. That is incredible. 
um, for any player, mm-hmm. much less a 37-year-old player in his what, 19th NBA season, I believe. He's a big reason why the Lakers have managed to essentially tread water, I would say, in the West when they were really struggling early on without Anthony Davis. And he's done a lot of this damage from the center position. Um, according to Cleaning the Glass, 38% of his minutes have been played at center this season. And offensively, he's been outstanding in that role, 115.9 points per 100 possessions. So I guess my question is, with LeBron, he's going to play the the backup center role once Davis returns. Mm -hmm. Can he remain number one for the remainder of the season? I'm not going to rule it out, um, especially thinking about the preseason conversations about where should he be drafted. I I don't know if he can be number one just because of the other options, but I'm not going to sell him short either. Well, and the interesting thing along those lines is, as I was looking at his numbers and thinking about this, one of the a couple of the big boosts to his fantasy value, especially in non-category leagues, have been non-center things. Okay. I mean, the free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how good it's been lately, but for the season, it's seventy-eight and a half. That would be a career high if it holds. And his made three pointers, two point nine, yeah. would be a career best. So, it's the guard stuff that is mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of boosting him now. 1.1 blocks per game for the year also ties his career high. That certainly doesn't hurt, right? Mm, yeah, so maybe will, will we see the blocks take a hit when he's playing mm-hmm. less center? I don't know. That might even be a reach. So can he remain number one? I think with the elevated free throw shooting, I really think he can. I mean, I think that's that and the health are kind of the things that uh, that we question with LeBron. So if healthy, it's crazy. But yeah, we were all too low on LeBron again, I think, or most of us were. Yeah, he's one of the rare players who's managed to at least hold off Father Time. Like Father Time yeah. is basically undefeated, but he is. You know, he's had a couple injuries, but overall, he just kind of ages like a fine wine, I guess you would say. And it's it's incredible. Incredible stuff. Okay, two and a half minutes left. Do you want to switch gears now, Raf? Yes, we're going to talk about someone whose rostered percentage is shot up in the last couple of days since he was traded from uh-huh. Denver to Detroit. And that would be one bowl bowl. Yes. He's up to 9% in Yahoo leagues right now, uh, which at first glance, you look at the production or lack thereof, you would think that people have lost their minds here. Um, mm-hmm. He never really, I don't know if it was about opportunity or him just not being ready, but he never was able to show what he could do in Denver. He came in injured, of course, with the foot injury, but after right. that, it just seemed like he could never get on track. Going to a team where the timeline may fit better with his personal timeline, it will be interesting to see. I'm not on board taking him right away. I know I've seen some people in the leagues that I've been go ahead and do it. I believe you did it as well in one of our leagues. Um, yes. So I, I, I think my question is, what's the rationale for doing this? And are we okay. really, And how concerned are we that it's going to be all for not? Well, the rationale is I saw the trade. I did some quick searching. I found a couple of Pistons writers who were basically saying he's going to get much more of a chance in Detroit than yeah. he would than he would have in Denver. And then I looked up his per thirty six minute numbers, reminded myself of how intriguing they are. You know, two blocks per thirty six minutes and one point five threes per thirty six minutes with you know around fifteen sixteen point seven boards, et cetera. I mean, we know that the skill set is like fantasy unicorn kind yeah. of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So with the rationale was basically had room on some rosters and uh i'm more patient than i used to be and so i i wanted to just pick him up and see what the first handful of games look like and i'm going to try to wait that long and i will absolutely be dropping him in a second I, it just felt like you know a boomer bust pickup right where 
you know, you gamble on, sometimes you gamble on things before other people do and it pays off. Fair enough. It might, it might backfire, but the worst case scenario is I just wasted a roster spot for a couple weeks. What do you think? I'm just wondering where he'll fit positionally because you think about it, you've got two recent draft picks and Isaiah Stewart at the center spot and Sadiq Bey at the four. You know, maybe they move Jeremy Grant before the trade deadline mm-hmm. and kind of free up right. minutes and, and opportunities that way. But you've got Kelly Olenek, who should probably be back pretty soon. What are they going to do yes. with him? So I think that would be my concern personally. Right. No, and as the, as our alarm, which is incredibly loud today, I don't know if that's coming through, goes off, I agree. It is one of these things where you start to look at the depth chart. It is a little tricky, for mm-hmm. sure. I just, I don't know. I just felt I just felt like doing it, you know? Yeah. I, I don't, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I am in no way convinced that this is going to pan out. Right. But I think there's a greater than zero chance that it does. And if he, for some reason, gets 25 minutes, I think he's immediately a viable fantasy guy and blocks we talked about the scarcity of blocks before so it's all of those things in one will i have them on my rosters 10 days from now not guaranteed so (laughs) that's kind of where i'm at all right it's day by day we're taking it (laughs) i would really love him to make his debut soon that would really help this whole thing can we can we go ahead and escalate that and uh that would help my patience all right raf thanks all right take care this summer click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a couple more writers coming up to talk to. First, we're going to take a very quick break. Subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus and get every tool for every game. Fantasy, DFS, and betting premium tools are all included in one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% on an annual subscription. We have made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000 this week. We are highlighting matchups between the Nets and Bulls, Cavaliers and Jazz and Lakers and Kings. So if you do not have the Predictor app yet, download it now as we bring in Brad Stonebreaker. Brad, what's new? Not much at all. How about you? What's new with you? What's new is I'm going to try to turn down the volume on the alarm that signals the end of these segments. I have it pretty low. The alarm is is just a volatile 
thing. You know what I mean? The iPhone alarm. We don't know why it comes in so loud. It just does. It's in that kind of mood today. So anyways. Yeah, no idea. Where do you want to start? Uh, sure. I will start with, with not super high profile guy, but I'm going to go with Mr. Slow-Mo, Kyle Anderson. Grizzlies, obviously. Uh, he's been starting with Steven Adams in protocols. And mm-hmm. whether or not he does start when Adams comes back inevitably in a game or two, I'm not too sure because Zaire Williams has been starting for the injured Dylan Brooks. It looks like that's how it's right. it's shaken out. But even then, I he's one of those just really sneaky good guys that you don't really realize he's when you don't really even realize he's good. Like he tripled he almost triple doubled against the Lakers a couple nights back. But then again, that's the Lakers, so great assault. Uh, but last night he. Pretty quiet, just 24 minutes in the start, but eight points, four boards, two assists, but also three steals and a block. And he's he's one of those guys that doesn't hurt you anywhere. Uh, I want to give a quick shout to Zaire Williams, too, because if he does continue to start, I think he could potentially be like a points and threes guy. He looks so much better, uh, so much more confident, um, especially last night, 17 points, career high. Mm-hmm. And slow-mo, I would say, is even more valuable some in like Roto Leagues where like every night basically matters just because of those defensive stats and failure to hurt you anywhere. So he's just one of those very quiet, all-around, just decent guys. I don't think he's going to score 20 points a game by any means. But so, yeah, I, I mean, do you foresee yourself picking him up anywhere or are you are you totally out because he's not scoring an inconsistent role? Or what do you, what do you think? Slow-mo? Yes. Or, or Zaire Williams? Uh, slow-mo, yes. I, I loved slow-mo last year. It just feels a little bit like that was the peak, and now we're kind of in this strange aftermath of it where we have just kind of that lesser slow-mo that we've gotten used to. I really would love to see last year's slow-mo return. Um, one thing I noticed is that his shooting has regressed a little bit. He shot 36% on threes last year, and it's 338 this year, which is not a, a catastrophe, but he's also shooting half the amount of threes that he did last year. So it just he's lost a little bit of that, and... I mean, I think if I knew he was starting, you know, he was a starter all last year um, and he played well, as you said, in a starting role recently. If I if I knew he was starting, I would feel a lot better about it. But the fact that he might be going back to that bench role when Steven Adams is back has me a little concerned. Yeah, I, to- I totally feel that. I'm not all too aggressive on him anymore. He was just one of those players that kind of caught my eye because he's been playing right. decently uh, lately. And in seven, yeah. in his seven starts this season, his stat line looked like pretty similar to his one last night. So can't really expect right. just the, the bench to start move just to totally propel his value to, to Mars or anything. But I I think he has some sneaky defensive stats value. He's not going to hit a ton of threes. But yeah, like I said, for Roto Leagues, I think he could be valuable uh, for a little bit. But we will we'll see when uh, Steven Adams comes back, see how he responds. Yeah. And, and also, by the way, I think that's a good, good point about Zaire Williams. Um, we haven't quite seen him put it all together. But his minutes are trending up a bit. He's 1% rostered in Yahoo. Yeah. So if you're in a deeper league, mm-hmm. I think now is the time to potentially stash him and see what the next couple of games looks Absolutely. like. Look like. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got about 90 seconds left. I think there's uh, one more player you want to talk about, and it might be a Detroit Pistons big man not named Bull Bull. Am I correct about that? That is correct, and there are plenty of them. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go hit trip. How do we talk about the Detroit front court and not talk about Bull Bull? Just t- tell me how. No, no, I, I'm a huge Bull fan. I'm so curious, but I'm going to uh, look at Trey Lyles, but kind of Trey Lyles versus Isaiah Stewart really quickly. Um, last night, they lost by 46 or something. So just ignoring that for now, the, over the last three games, they've played together. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, six points, 
7.3 boards, 2.3 blocks. And then Lyles comes off the bench for 13.3 points, 40, 47% shooting, eight boards, 2.7 assists, a steal, 0.7 blocks, and 1.3 threes. So obviously, mm. besides the blocks for Stewart, Lyles has been beating him everywhere. And if you go back like two games before that, when Stewart was conditioning and in protocols, uh, Trey Lyles was averaging 14 and seven. And then, of course, last night, everything changed because of the blowout. Isaiah Stewart did really well with 11-7 and four blocks, and Lyles just didn't do anything. So what in the world is the move here? Like, And then you, uh, Roth mentioned, of course, Bull Bull, and then Olenek is working with the G League now, so he's back. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at a loss, and I would, I would like your help, Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, it would shock me if, you know, with all the trade rumors around Jeremy Grant, if like the Pistons didn't make any kind of trade to kind of open. I, why would the Pistons trade for. Still loud. Didn't fix it. <laughs> uh, why would the Pistons trade for Bull Bull, who is about to hit free agency if they're not playing to play him? That's the other point I didn't mention to Raf. Secondly, I don't know. Could Lyles get dealt? I haven't really thought about that, but something's got to give. I think Lyles' bottom line is. For the moment, he is a fine, serviceable, uh, big guy in a league of a certain depth, right? Um, he's not like an intriguing shallow league guy to me. I do think once Olenek's back, that's pro- that fun's probably over. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And Olenek would be the guy I'm trying to pick up if he's still out there because I have seen him on some waiver wires. So yes. I'm fine with Lyles. Isaiah Stewart is just a second half hold for me when things just get out of hand in Detroit, which they already are, but you get my <laughs> point. So yeah. did that give any uh clarity that that's where i am with all these guys no i'm i'm on the same page i don't think lyles will be irrelevant rest of season but it's it's so hard to cut stewart when he was like his, his last 15 games last season he was top 50 but he's just yeah. been so bad except for the blocks and sometimes bored so hopefully he turns around and like post all-star break maybe even sooner but we'll, we'll see yeah I, i'm still stewart's still a hold for me I, I don't have him in many leagues and that's why i'm able to say that but i yeah, get people's either. frustration <laughs> but i think you got to take the long view on isaiah stewart agreed all right i think we covered all of it brad thank you as always thank you matt appreciate it see ya now it's time for jared ah it's me jared oh hello oh hi <laughs> <laughs> hello i was gonna give like more of a preamble there and then i was like nope just time for jared <laughs> what's on your mind let's go to portland uh i want to talk about robert covington who on the year yes is averaging just uh 7.4 points per game on 40.7 percent shooting which is his lowest mm-hmm. numbers uh since his rookie year and he's pretty much been on a steady downward trajectory statistically since he turned 30 uh, however, over the right. past four, with uh, Portland desperate for warm bodies, he has been flirting with top 15 value, 14 points, 6.8 boards, 3.3 triples, 1.8 steals, two swats, and just 1.8 turnovers per contest on 48.6% shooting. Now, before this hot streak, <laughs> if you ignore mm-hmm. those four games, his season-long stats are 6.6 points, 5 boards, 1.5 triples, 1.3 steals, 1.2 blocks, and 39.4% shooting. Clearly, I think that this would be a time to sell high on Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. Do you have any pushback against that uh, notion? Well, my only pushback is that just 
you know, the defensive stats are what he does in the last 11 games. He's spinning out to the last 11 games, right? So taking a little bit of the before and a little bit of the recent hot streak, he's around 9.6 rebounds, 2.1 steals, 2.0 blocks, 1.9 threes. Two, two, and two is incredible, rare stuff. And to do that over an 11-game stretch is really impressive. And we know... Well, he's not going to do that long term, but we know that Covington can just be a monster in three steals and blocks. So is nine and six sustainable, you know, with Lillard out of the picture? Maybe that would be my only pushback is like if he's getting you like eight to 10 points and really good defensive stats, he's a lot easier to have on your roster than like the 6.6 points per game you mentioned before. Yeah, but I just think that the reason he's doing this is because it's coincided. Like you could look at... The argument with Robert Covington is often, oh, he's going to go on this second half surge. Well, Mm -hmm. kind of. I mean, last year, his second half surge coincided with Yusuf Nurkic going down. This surge that he's on right now has coincided with Larry Nance, Norman Powell, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard all going down. Uh, I'm also going to bring up the fact that he's 31 years old in a contract year, playing for a team that's seemingly spiraling downward, missing stars, sitting on a record of 16 and 24. This is a guy who could get traded and if not traded, shut down. I just don't like having people like this on my roster where there's, I don't know what his future in the league this season is going to be. I don't know if he's going to be in Portland. I don't know if he's going to stay active in Portland if he is in Portland. So it's just one of those situations where he's hot right now. I think that you could you could tell someone a story about how he's going to keep this going and perhaps right. extract a top 50 player, which I think would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think if you can, can you get that one for one for Covington, I always wonder that when it's a wonder that when it's a guy in a situation like this, or is it a situation where he's interesting. You know, you, you send out some two for two or three for three trade offers, and you put him in there, and the person's right. clicking down the third person. You're like, oh man, Covington's hot too. You know, it could be kind of one of those deals where sometimes a sell high isn't a straight one for one in a trade. It's yes. a piece you put into the trade that looks much more attractive lately. So I, I get that. I, I think I think you're. I agree with your analysis. I could also see a situation though where. He continues getting 8 to 10 points in elite defensive stats, and he's okay to have on your roster. So maybe you should trade him to me, Jared. <laughs> I don't have him, sir. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, we, got about a, we got about a minute left. So where do you want to go now? Uh, cool. I'm going to read you a quote. Let's see if you okay. can guess the player. Okay. Uh, this, was, <laughs> this was from last night. All right. Number one, we're one of the best teams in the league, said player X who on Tuesday became the youngest player in NBA history to average at least 25 points per game in a double-digit winning streak. I feel like that's number one. And number two, we're showing how deep our roster is. No matter what's thrown at us, we bounce back from it, come out and win games. We're going to keep rolling, continue to play together, continue to bat. I'll admit that I don't know whether this team has won, had a double-digit winning streak, but is this a John Morant quote? It is key! baby come on now over those past 10 this man is averaging 27.2 points six boards 6.4 dimes 1.5 triples 0.8 steals 0.8 blocks on 51 percent shooting from the floor king jaw morant give this man his respect <laughs>
Absolutely. And you know what I'll say about John Morant? Because I was looking at this, and I'm going to double check this right now while I'm saying this. And our time's up, and we got to bring in uh, a certain RAF for the last word. But I'll say this. His free throw percentage has tailed off a little bit, right? 77% for the season. But he's still... And the, and the turnovers are up over three, but he's still maintaining, you know, that that elite early round value, which is great to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, the steals are up 1.3 versus 0.9. So you got to like all of that. And I think we're going to bring in Raph for uh, possibly his thoughts. I'm glad that Jared brought up John Morant and that Memphis team because it's I think it's just another example of how fun this, this year's MVP race is going to be just because of the number of options that have come up. I think John Morant's a guy to mention. DeMar DeRozan in Chicago, like he's been outstanding. Yeah. LeBron, you know, I know some guys don't have the the team records that you you normally see out of an MVP caliber player, but LeBron, Nikola Jokic, you know, those are guys, Kevin Durant. I think we're going to have one of the wilder MVP races that we've seen in quite some time this year, just because normally you have, you can narrow it down like two or three guys by this point. I don't think we're going to be able to do that this year. Yeah, that's actually a really, really interesting point. Yeah, and just wait till the Hawks get hot. Wait till the Hawks get hot in the second half and Trey Young gets in the conversation. I love it. Nobody's going to want to play Memphis in the playoffs. You could tell like the other night when they blew out the Lakers. Like The Lakers just had this look that they did not want to be on that court. It's like when you're playing with little kids and you start to get tired. It's like I'm tired of chasing around these damn kids. (laughs) that's basically what they look like out there and i think memphis you have to deal with that team for like six or seven games come on that's not going to be fun at all they seem to have the dubs number Mm -hmm. i mean they rolled through them again last night it's just like it's frustrating as a dubs fan i mean they sent us packing last (laughs) year and uh, we only got them once this season they're just very uh feisty to Raf's point and to that point, there was a clip that circulated, I don't know if you guys saw it, of LeBron basically like imploring the Grizzlies to stop talking trash <laughs> during that during that game. Like, yeah. stop, stop talking. You're annoying me. Like, basically, you guys are all so annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great stuff. Uh, all right. On that note, that is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We're here every Monday through Friday throughout the regular season. Thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live. And thanks to Ryan, Brad, Raf, Jared. Thank you guys as well. I'll talk to you soon. Adios. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.